Turning your Bibles to Matthew chapter 10, we're continuing, of course, our study of the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew presents Jesus as the King. That's what we're seeing. And then we've been seeing all sort of things. And in this section, we're actually seeing what we're calling the power of the King because we're seeing some of his miracles. And he has power over demons and death and, and, and disease and everything else. And we see last time that he gave his authority, he gave his power to the twelve they're called disciples, they're also called apostles, and he sends them out. As we look this morning, we're going to see conflict and opposition. Jesus tells his apostles, he says, when you go out, here's what you expect. He send them to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He says, this is what you expect. Now, think about us. We're ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech through us. We are sent out with the message of salvation. What should we expect when we go into a fallen world? What should we expect we're going to be challenged and encouraged this morning. So let me raise this question for you to think about. What's your purpose in life? If we handed out blank sheets of paper, we said, look, so now here's what I want you to do. In 50 words or less, put down, why do you think you're here? Why did God put you on this earth? What do you see as your purpose? Some of you might say, well, listen, I'm going to need more paper. I'm going to need more time. Why do you think we're here? What is your purpose? Uh, about six years ago in the Ocali, they asked that question. And there was one junior, five sophomores, and three freshmen. And they said, what's your purpose in life? Here are some of their answers. One of them said, I want to be a computer systems analyst, and I want to make a million dollars by age 35. One of them said, my purpose is to live and breathe and die happy. Other one put, my purpose is to have fun and live life to the fullest. The other said, my purpose is to just get through life. And the fifth one said, my purpose is to make it to retirement. What's your purpose? You know, I, that doesn't sound very good to me. I don't see much purposes there if you just want to live life and just hopefully you can make it to retirement or if you can just get through life or if all of life is just to be fun. What is your purpose? We are created by the living God. We're made in the image of God. And those of us who know Jesus Christ as Savior, we have a purpose, and that is this, to serve the living God as we become like him, as we take the message of salvation into this world. Have you considered what your purpose is? Why has God left you on this earth? Well, we see what he says for these 12. This morning, he sends the 12 out. He says, I have a purpose for you. You're to represent me. You're to go into the lost sheep house of Israel. You're to tell them that the kingdom of heaven is his hand, the Messiah is here, and that they're to believe in the Messiah. Think about our church for a second. What's our purpose? Our purpose, of course, is to make disciples. We gather together for worship and training. We scatter for evangelism and service. And so one of the things we're to do is to share our faith. Think about this. When we go out these doors, ask yourself this question. When was the last time that you shared your faith with someone, that you told somebody, you had the opportunity to talk to someone about how they could have eternal life simply by faith in Christ. When was the last time you got to do that? Sometimes we're afraid. Why are we afraid to share our faith? Well, because we're not sure how. Sometimes people say, well, I don't really know what to say. Second is sometimes we're just fear of rejection. We're afraid that if we talk to somebody, they may be our neighbor and then they won't like us after that because they'll get mad at us or something. And then sometimes we're just afraid that there may be opposition and persecution. Well, I want you to understand that if we're afraid that we don't know how to share our faith, we need to learn how to share our faith. And we have courses at our church, uh, in our Bible Institute, that, and we have classes like a 412 class, and we have 2-2 classes, so, and we teach people how to share their faith. So if you said, I'd like to know, come see me, I'll make sure you know. The, su the second thing is sometimes we say, well, they, you know, I don't want to be rejected. The truth is they're not rejecting us. 
they're rejecting Jesus Christ because we're telling them that he is the Savior and that they can trust in him and have eternal life. And the third thing is we your fear of opposition or persecution or something, well, you just expect it. We're going into a fallen world that doesn't believe what we believe. We've got the greatest message of all, so we should expect it. When Jesus tells the disciples, these apostles, that what's going to happen to them, what they should expect, it's persecution because they belong to Jesus Christ. So let's remember where we are. We begin with the platform of the king, basically background of the king and then the platform of the king, which was the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, and 7, in which he talked about how we live as believers in a fallen world. And then we see in chapters 8, 9, and 10 what we're calling the, the, the power of the king and we see how he does miracles and those kind of things in fact we have seen miracle after miracle just in this section think of what we've seen he healed a leper he healed the centurion servant he healed Peter's mother-in-law he calmed the storm he cast out demons of two men in the graveyard he healed a paralyzed man he healed a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years he raised a 12 year old girl from the dead and he cast demons out of a dumb man man who couldn't speak and all this is over and over and over and this is to show his power Jesus showed shows his power, and then he shows it by giving his power and authority to the 12. He's going to send these 12 men out, and he says they're going to have power. They're going to go with the message, and they're going to have authority. Now, that sounds really good, because somebody says, man, you know, when you go out, you're going to have power and authority, but he also tells them there's going to be issues, and there's going to be problems. And as he sends them out, he sends them out with these instructions. In verse 5, he says, Do not go the way of the Gentiles, but go to the house of Israel. They're to go to the Jewish people with the message of salvation. Here's what he tells them it's going to be like. They're going to be sheep among wolves. There's going to be division because the message divides. They're going to be, they hated Jesus. They're going to hate them. Do you understand that the same is true for us? When we go out these doors... We're going to be sheep among the wolves. It's a fallen world. Just turn on your television, listen to your radio, listen to the music, see what kind of world we live in. There's division because when we tell the message of salvation, it divides. We're going to see that if they hated Jesus, they're going to hate us. And we're seeing it more and more in the United States. Uh, there's a radio program that I listen to some, and there's a person that speaks, and it's a lady, and she says, she has a little thing. She says, I never saw, thought I would see the day, and then she'll list four or five things that she never thought she'd see happen. One of the things she said just last week was, I never thought I would see such hatred in the United States for Christians. They hate us because we believe in Jesus Christ, and we stand for Christ. Not that they just say, oh, you can believe whatever you want to. They actually do not like you. Jesus said, if they hated me, they'll hate you. So let me give you, a, and we're going to go very quickly just because of the time aspect there, but Matthew chapter 10, verses 16 through 31, the first part we're going to see opposition, the second part is going to be the division that the message brings, and then we're going to see the persecution. And so we're going to see how all that fits together. So let's start, first of all, with the opposition. There are going to be adversaries when you go into a fallen world. Look what he says to him in verse 16. He says, behold, I send you out as sheep, in the midst of wolves. And like, sheep do not normally do well with the midst of wolves because the wolves will go after the sheep. He says, I'm sending you out in a fallen world. The fallen world does not like us. The fallen world goes against us. The devil controls the fallen world system. The fallen world system affects us. And so as we go into a fallen world, we should expect that there's going to be enemies and there's problems. And look what he says. He says, what you got to do is be shrewd as serpents, innocent as doves. He says, you've got to be wise. You've got to know how to deal with people. But you also got to be innocent. And the word innocent actually means pure. It means holy. He says, live righteous lifestyle as you go out into a fallen world. I had a friend that 
that he, he just didn't know how to deal with unbelievers. He act, he, when I was in college uh, with him, he lived in an athletic dorm with us, and he would get guys, and he, would, and he was a big guy. He, I mean, he was huge. He was an offensive lineman, and he would call guys into this room, and he'd shut the door, and he'd say, you're not leaving until you trust Christ. And, you know, that didn't always work. You know what I mean? I mean, sometimes he got in fights, and sometimes people just said, oh, I trust Christ just so they could get out. But he didn't know how to deal with people. And Jesus says, as he sent them out, be shrewd as serpents, innocent as doves. And then he says, what's going to happen? And this is a preview. And this is a preview, not only just of, of, these, of these men, but about the future as well. Notice what he says, but beware of men, for they will hand you over to the courts and scourge you in the synagogues. You will even be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. Now he says, you're going to be brought out. And it happened. These men were brought before people, but as this is also a foreshadow, I'm going to show you how in just a minute, it's a foreshadow of the future all the way through. As believers, it's happened. We stand strong. Sometimes we're brought before courts and synagogues. Sometimes we're persecuted. I have a little book that, that has a reading, 365 days, you know, it's reading every day, and it's basically church history. And some of the things that it records are just amazing of the persecution throughout history for those who stand for Jesus Christ. There have been many people who, because they believe the Bible and they say that Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation and it's by faith, many people have been killed, burned to death, tongues cut out. And this is not by uh, pagan people. Sometimes it's by so-called religious people, church people. This is all throughout history. Jesus says, listen, they're going to get you. They're going to go after you. And then he says something that is a comfort, verse 19. But when they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you're going to say, for it will be given to you in that hour for what you're to say, for it is not you who speak, but it is the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. He says, when you go out, and he's especially talking about these men, he says, God will speak through these men because they get direct revelation. Now, God can speak through us, but he's already given us the revelation. And so you can go out with the message of Jesus Christ, and you don't have to be afraid of what you're going to say. You've got the power of the Holy Spirit, and you've got the Word of God, which is written in its entirety, and you can go out with the message of grace into a fallen world. You can do that. And, and that's what we're supposed to do. And so he says, don't be afraid. He says, listen, I'm going to send you out in a fallen world, but beware. It's not going to be easy, and sometimes they're going to be against you. And throughout church history, the, while these men were alive, now by the way, you know, Jesus, not too long from now, he's going to die and rise again and send back to heaven. The church is going to start, and these people are going to go out even more and spread the message. And I'm going to tell you that the persecution was amazing. You know that the, the 11 apostles, because the, one of them died, uh, Judas killed himself, the 11 apostles, every one of them were put to death for their faith, except John. And the, we think John lived to be, he was in his 90s when he died, but he was in exile on the island of Patmos. So uh, they, they all died for their faith. And throughout history, when people stand for Jesus Christ. Now, listen, we live in a country that you say, oh, we, we can do anything we want to here. And so far, we can. We can meet anytime we want to. We can meet at 11. We can meet tonight. We can meet on Tuesday nights. We can do anything we want to so far. But there's going to come a time. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to get worse and worse as the time goes by. We already see that the, 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 the uh, rebellion and the, the hatred for what we stand for. And, and, you know, what's so amazing, they misunderstand us. They think we're evil. They, we think, they think we're mad. They think we're intolerant. We love people. We want to see people come to know Christ as Savior. It's going to get worse. It's going to happen probably even in our lifetime. Now, from there, he talks about the division. 
because the message brings division and persecution. It does. Now, let's just be honest. If you want to stand for Jesus Christ, if you decide, I want my life to count for Christ. Now, let me tell you, remind you that salvation costs you absolutely nothing. Salvation is a gift. You simply put your faith in Christ that he gives you eternal life and you're saved and saved forever. It's not a cost at all. But to be a disciple costs you. And it's when you say, I want my life to count for Christ, is when you say, Lord, I give you my life. I'll go whatever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I want my life to count for you. Let me tell you, it's going to cost you. First of all, it costs you your life because you're going to live for him instead of yourself. But second, as you decide to stand for Christ in a fallen world, there's going to be opposition to you. There are people who don't believe what you believe, and they don't like what you believe. And so there's going to be opposition. And so we're going to see that uh, this division. And look what he says. He says, brother will betray brother to death. And a father is child. And children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. That's what's going to happen. Listen, I've seen it happen that over the years that I've been here, because we, you know, I've got to be here for a lot of years. I've seen a lot of college students. They come off to college. They come maybe to our church. Or they, and they hear the for the first time in their life, they hear the grace message and they trust Christ as their Savior and they know they have eternal life and they go home to a mom and daddy who don't necessarily believe that and they come back and they say, Mom and Daddy, you're not going to believe what happened. I, I was with Campus Crusade or I was with Crew or I was with Stillwater Bible and I understood the message of salvation and now I know I'm going to heaven and it's just faith alone and they say, we don't believe that and that's wrong. And what, I think, you, what, did you get in a cult? What happened to you? We, we don't want you to believe this mess. It brings division. Sometimes that happens. I've seen college students that come back to me and said, I went home and I told my mom and daddy they were wrong. I said, well, that's probably not the best way to say it. When you go back home, you know, but, and, and so there is division. Notice what he says. Brother will betray brother to death. Father is child. Children will rise up against their parents, cause them to be put to death. And throughout church history, beginning even then, but throughout church history, that has happened. And it's a powerful thing. And look what he goes on to say. It says, you'll be hated all because of my name, the name of Jesus Christ. It is the name above all names. Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. Let me tell you, you go out these doors and you say this, I believe in God. Nobody will care. They'll go, yeah, we don't care what you believe. Or, yeah, everybody believes in God. You go out these doors and say, I believe Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God. He is the only way to heaven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You come to God by faith in Christ for eternal life. There is no other way. That's what Jesus said. You'll be persecuted. Just stand for him. Stand, go, go on that campus and do it. Go into your workplace and do it. Go into your neighborhoods and stand for the truth, and they'll come after you. Because the name of Jesus Christ is offensive to non-believers. Because he is the way and the truth, and the life. Look at this right here. This is what John, I, I know it's a lot, but he says, if the world hates you, you know what hated me before it hated you? Jesus is speaking. If you're of the world, the world would love its own, but you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world. Because of this, the world hates you. Remember the word I said to you. A slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, and they did, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they didn't. They will keep yours also. When you go out these doors and stand for Christ. Now listen, this is a charge. It's not, simple, it's not easy standing for Christ. It's really easy to be a believer. You trust in Jesus Christ to give you eternal life and you are saved forever. Nothing can change it. But it costs you to stand for Christ. These men are standing for Christ and he's sending them out. And there have been people all throughout history standing for Christ. There was a guy by the name of Polycarp. He lived in the first century. 
basically really in the second in the 100s and the romans decided to kill him because of his faith because he stood for christ and they wanted to kill him and so as you know at that time the persecution under nero and some of the others that's where paul and peter were both killed under nero they they burned christians they put them to the lines they got polycarp and they said if you will revile the name of jesus christ publicly we will let you live and polycarp said this he said four score and six years i have been christ's servant he has done me no wrong how can i blaspheme my king who has saved me and of course they put him to death he stood for christ he said you will be hated by all because of my name and that's true when you stand for Christ. And then he's looking on to the future because look what he says. But it is the one who endures to the end will be saved. Let me show you something. He's talking about the end. And he's not only talking about their lives, but he's talking about the end of the age. And the age is the Jewish age. And, and just because of lack of time, I, d I don't think we can turn over there. But look at verse 23. He says, but whenever they persecute you in one city, flee, flee, uh, flee to the next. For I say to you, you will not finish going through the cities of Israel till the Son of Man comes. In Matthew, I'm not going to turn to those verses. But but in Matthew, they ask him the question, when will be the end of the age? They're not talking about the church age because the church hadn't even started. They're talking about the end of the Jewish age. And he tells them that there'll be tribulation and suffering. That's Matthew 24, 9 and 10. Just for Simon's sake, we're not going to turn there. And then he tells them that at the end of the tribulation, the message will go out about Jesus Christ and then the end will come. And you've seen this chart many, many times. We're in the church age now, but he's talking about the end of the age. And the end of the age ends with the tribulation where Jesus Christ comes as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And so the, the people are with Jesus here. Church hadn't started. They ask him, when will be the end of the age? And he's talking about what we'd call the Jewish age. And he said, it'll be persecutions and, and everything. And then he says, who endures to the end will be saved. He's not talking about eternal life salvation. He's talking about a physical deliverance. Now, the bottom line is this. As the years have gone by, it gets worse and worse and worse. One of these days, we're going to be taken out. After we're taken out, there will be a seven-year tribulation time period on the earth, which deals with the Jewish people, and there will be great persecution, even more than we saw in here and even throughout history. And most, many of the Jewish people will put their faith in Jesus Christ as Savior. They will come to him. They will call upon his name. And Jesus Christ will come. And we will come with him. And we'll come to this earth. And he'll set up a kingdom. He's talking about who endures to the end will be saved. Be saved physically through the tribulation. That's what he's talking about. That takes us to uh, our last section, which is the persecution and this is a truth. The student's not above the teacher. In other words, whatever they did to Jesus, they will do to us. Look at verse 24. A disciple is not above his teacher nor a slave above his master. If they persecuted Jesus Christ, they'll persecute us. In the Gospel of John, Jesus is speaking. He says, John talks, he said, if they hated Jesus, they'll hate you. If they persecuted Jesus, they'll persecute you. Those connected with Jesus Christ. Now, when you read stuff like this, People say things like this. Okay, I want to be a believer, but I don't want to be a disciple. It, it costs you. It costs you your life. Listen, the greatest thing you could ever do is stand for Jesus Christ, even in a fallen world. Because one day when you stand before him, if you live for Christ now, when you stand before him, he will say, well done. What? 
good and faithful servant. Do you want to stand before your Savior and Him say, well done? Or do you want to be, as First John chapter 2 says, be ashamed at His coming? It's going to cost you now, but it will reward you later. This is, your sal- this is not your salvation. This is your discipleship and living for Jesus Christ. So he says, a disciple is not above his teacher and a slave above a master. It is enough for the disciple that he becomes like his teacher and a slave like his master. Let me tell you how we become like Jesus Christ. Two things. One, we have the same desires and goals and thinking and actions. But there's also a second part. There are consequences of suffering. Just like Jesus Christ suffered, just like these men suffered, if you stand for Christ, you will suffer. Now, in the United States, it's not that bad yet. You can stand for Christ and they'll make fun of you. They might throw something on you. They might tear down your sign. Who knows what they might do. But the days are coming. You can just mark my words. The days are coming, even in this country, in which people will go after you because you stand for Christ. It's already all over the world. You know thousands of people are killed all over the world every day for Jesus Christ. We don't see it here. We go, oh, everything's fine. Go to other parts of the world, and people who stand for Jesus Christ are put to death. This happens every day. It's going to eventually someday come to this country, unless, of course, Jesus Christ comes and gets us and takes us out, and then it'll be that tribulation time period. Look what it says here, the last of verse 25. If they call, have called the head of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they malign the members of the household? If they called Jesus Beelzebub, which is Lord of the Flies, that means they were calling Jesus Satan. You know that. That when Jesus did his miracles, the religious leaders didn't know how to answer it, and so they said his power was from Satan. Jesus says, if they call me Satan, they're going to call you Satan. So we can expect that. Now, the bottom last part, and I'll go really fast through this, but I want you to, here's the great point. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. Does, let me ask you this question. Does God love you? Does he love you? Yes. Does he care for you? Will he provide and protect you? No matter what happens, when you go out these doors, do you ever have to be afraid of what's going to happen? He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. What shall you fear? He says, look at verse 26. He says, do not fear them. There's nothing concealed not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. By the way, three different times in this passage, in verse 26, do not fear. Verse 28, do not fear. Verse 31, do not fear. He says, you don't have to be afraid when you go out these doors. We don't have to be afraid. He says this, therefore, do not fear for whatever. There's nothing concealed that not be revealed or hidden that might be made known. What I've told you in the darkness... Speak in the light what you've heard whispered. Proclaim it. He says the message, you got to proclaim it. And let me just tell you something. You know what's going to be proclaimed? Two things. The truth of the message of Jesus Christ and the evil actions of people who are against Jesus Christ. One day it's going to all come to light. The great message of Jesus Christ will continue to be proclaimed throughout the world. And at one time in history, at a point in time when Jesus Christ becomes the king, the greatest truth that he is the king, he is the savior, he is the one who gives eternal life, he is, and that will be proclaimed throughout the whole world. What also will be proclaimed is those people who are in opposition to him who tried to harm him and harm others. That will all be made known. That's why Jesus said it's all coming out one day. So what does he say? Don't fear those who could kill the body but are able to kill the soul, but rather fear him who's able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Listen, he says, don't be afraid of those who only can kill the body but not the soul. Listen, they can kill us physically, but they can't kill us spiritually because we have eternal life and we're saved and saved forever. Notice he says, fear him, that's God, who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, the word hell there, I talked about this in uh, in our grow group, but the word hell 
when you see that, uh, th- it's actually a, a Greek word, kahena. There's, a, there's a times that the, the word translated in our Bible, it's the word hell, is sometimes translated Hades. It's the Greek word for Hades, which means place of the dead. This one translated hell is the Greek word gehenna, which meant the garbage dump. This meant the eternal separation. So this actually means what we would call hell. The Bible really uses lake of fire for the eternal separation. He says, listen, don't fear people because they can't do anything. Only fear the Lord because he is the Savior and he is the one that can do all things. And then he ends it, and, and by the way, People can only do physical, God does physical and spiritual. And then he ends it with this great truth, God will take care of us. Look what he says. Are not two spirits sold for a cent? That's, that's nothing. That's the smallest amount of money. And yet not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father. Even the very hairs of your head are numbered. Now, I, I tried to make it easy for him on this one. And some of you have followed suit because we don't want him to be worried about how many hairs and all that. So, but he says this, do not fear, you're more valuable than sparrows. Listen, you're more, he knows everything about every little bird that's ever existed. Do you think he knows about you and cares about you? That's what he's actually saying. God cares about you. And listen, you don't have to be afraid. Listen, we're more important than the birds and he knows everything about the birds. We go into this world, you don't have to be afraid of anything. You have the word of God, you have the power of the Holy Spirit, you have the fellow believers, you have the command from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to go into this community and this world with the greatest message, a good news message of salvation. We don't have a bad message, we have a good message. We're telling people how they can have eternal life as a gift by faith. So what have we seen? We've seen the call of the disciples to send them out and they're going to the Jews and there's going to be conflict and persecution and division. But remember, God loves you and he's going to protect you. So let me give you a quick application. Let's be faithful as ambassadors for Christ. Think about this. We are set apart to take the message of Jesus Christ into this world. We have a privilege of being God's children. I loved it when Brandy would say, who am I? Or she'd say, I can't remember what she says. And they'd say, I'm a child of the king. Because if you know Jesus Christ as Savior, you're a child of the king. You belong to Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We get to go with the message. If you don't know what the message is, if you're not clear on the message, if you're afraid because you don't know what to say, you find me. I will teach you and train you or I'll get somebody who will because I want you to be able to go out these doors and not be afraid, but to be able to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. The second thing is expect conflict. You're going with the greatest message of all is spiritual warfare. Expect opposition and rejection and persecution, and it's only get worse. And just remember this. Realize that the gospel brings division. It does. When you tell people that salvation is by faith alone and Christ alone, and they trust in him, they'll be eternal life. Some people will believe, some people won't, and there's division. Happens all the time. And last but not least, let's trust God. He is our strength. He is our shield. He loves us. He knows everything about us, and he will protect us as we go.